in our SMME exchange tonight, joined on the line uh, by Swusa Soklaba, founder of African Cannabis Advisory Group. And uh, we're going to be making sense of uh, the work of this group, but also what's happening out in uh, the uh, cannabis market here locally uh, in the context of uh, growing global demand uh, for something that South Africa is very well suited to not only cultivate, but potentially uh, add value to and uh, uh, make considerable investments into and ultimately unlock jobs from. Sbusis Oklaba joins me now on the line. Oklaba, Ah, Thanks so much for having me today, and good evening to your listeners. Thank you very much for coming through, my brother. Africa Cannabis Advisory Group, what is it that you guys do? And uh, seemingly since the 2018 Constitutional Court judgment, there are many such groups. Uh, what is it that you guys do, and what distinguishes you from all of the people out in the cannabis ecosystem and marketplace at the moment? Um, sure. So we're a services um, provider specialized in the medical cannabis and industrial hemp uh, industries. Um, we work with uh, a very broad range of industry stakeholders. Um, so we work with entrepreneurs, we work with corporates, uh, we work with investors, um, and we work with uh, governments. And we, our mission is basically to see the successful development of the cannabis industry where we realize the uh, entirety of the dividend of the value of this plant across medicine, um, um, industrialization, climate change, uh, uh, mental health, um, and economic growth and, and prosperity. Um, we've, um, we've been uh, sort of uh, in, in business, uh, you know, uh, since 2019, um, and I think one one sort of area where we've really specialized in in terms of uh, uh, sort of knowledge and reach is um, thinking about the globalization of services providers uh, in Africa to the rest of the world and vice versa in order for Africa to be um, uh, really have a seat at the international table when it comes to to cannabis. But we also do apply a grassroots lens in terms of thinking about a, a bottoms up building of this industry where we can help ensure uh, that it is also an inclusive industry. And, and I guess, I mean, a lot is happening in this space. I mean, we saw export shipments from Lesotho, export shipments, I think, from Labatt's operations in Kenton-on-Sea in the Eastern Cape, uh, all out into export markets in Canada, Israel, somewhere in Europe as well. Um, and often, you know, the big question mark is raised, and I think it's relevant also for yourselves as a services player in this ecosystem. What happens to all of the African women on the coastline and in the you know southern parts of KZN and the eastern parts of the Eastern Cape who have pr- been producing this stuff for eons, right? Uh, what role and position do they take on in this value chain? Because it does seem that, I guess, while policy development is underway, the market is moving full steam ahead, um, and often the concern is that many of those producers might be left behind. Um, in the work that you do, does that concern find any expression? Uh, a very, very good question, and I think one that has certainly been an area of concern and focus for us, um, in that the current setup of the cannabis industry today um, only allows for groups with substantial capital to, to even think about playing. Um, not only from a uh, sort of um, market or, uh, you know, sort of reaching patients and, and buyers and consumers, 
uh, but also from a skills development um, um, sort of, uh, you know, training perspective, uh, there's a very, very uh, concerning um, lack of focus on sort of the traditional growers of, of cannabis within uh, South Africa at the moment. Um, and although, you know, we, we, we do see reference to um, supporting uh, traditional growers uh, and, and groups within uh, sort of government plans and documentation, uh, we just have not seen um, any sort of tangible frameworks that would um, allow um, traditional growers to really play a meaningful role uh, in, in the legal cannabis economy. Um, however, they, they certainly are, you know, sort of a, a number of, of very compelling areas in, in which uh, traditional growers uh, can play and contribute. Uh, number one is um, in, in and around cultivating hemp, which is um, basically used for industrial purposes. It requires a extreme, uh, extreme, extremely um, uh, significant amount of land and manpower in order to um, to manage these cultivation facilities. It means investment in processing and, and skills around that. So hemp is a real tangible opportunity where we can. Um, leverage the knowledge, the skill set of traditional uh, growing communities into a legal framework. And then secondly is really um, the um, adult use or recreational market where a lot of these um, um, traditional growers have been selling into. So actually formalizing that market, creating standards, um, implementing training, um, and uh, effectively creating structures that can see a uh, economic dividend, a significant economic dividend, go back into these communities in a formal setting would go uh, a very, very long way in in, in terms of uh, ensuring that this industry becomes uh, truly inclusive. And of course, I mean, I guess you make an important point there that the the real money is not in the cultivation. The real money is in elsewhere in the ecosystem in the adding of value. You know, if if one takes just the medicinal elements. Uh, the oils and so on, um, and if one goes to the recreational side, all of the paraphernalia and the appliances and whatever is seemingly where a lot of the value capture, for instance, of a country like Israel is happening. Um, at a policy level, what, what should we be doing? And I guess what, what's the opportunity set looking like? I mean, you guys would look at this kind of stuff for SMMEs, for small players that are looking to go into the space. Sure. So I think in order for us to truly realize the value of uh, this industry and position ourselves as a um, 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 a full benefactor of the uh, the potential in this industry we really have to embrace um, um, a local consumption um, framework so in other words you know South Africa has got uh, um, estimated to have uh, around 3 million cannabis consumers and users. There's obviously um, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of individuals that suffer from um, a broad range of mental um, conditions where cannabis can be effective in treating them. However, we, as much as we are in the process, even though it's very slow, we haven't um, been proactive in, 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 in setting up frameworks that can um, put us in a position where we, we begin to develop a robust local economy um, that can then be a springboard for innovation, for, um, uh, you know, sort of um, uh, various models that uh, incorporate communities directly in terms of growing and perhaps even those communities having equity in the processing of, of cannabis. So 
for us, the, the real starting point of South Africa um, realizing the president's uh, goal of creating 130,000 jobs is by being proactive um, in creating a domestic industry that can um, bring to surface a lot of what is already here in terms of uh, growing, processing, the uh, adult use market. Um, but then what that does is that it puts you on the cutting edge of um, innovation in the industry, of um, being able to, for example, identify, um, stabilize, and commercialize indigenous strains that we have, which um, mm. uh, you know, have got very compelling uh, medical uh, uh, properties. So without that localization as a focus, um, it's very difficult for um, a industry to be broad-based um, in terms of uh, potential and impact. And without that localization, it's difficult to also um, develop and identify IP that uh, South Africa can then export to the rest of the world uh, and really make a name in terms of the global cannabis industry. Mm. And I guess that's the issue, that even the local strains and cultivars that we have... Um, are often open to co-option. I mean, I've heard of people coming in from the Netherlands, scouring the wild coast and uh, Lusikisiki, Flagstaff and Bizana and all of those parts of the world, looking for new seeds, looking for new strains and cultivars and so on. And uh, I guess that's that's the big challenge. Maybe just as a last one, uh, before we let you go, any words, I guess, of... Um, insight and wisdom for any small players who are looking to go into this market not only in the cultivation stage of the value chain but elsewhere uh, if so what what would that message be sure so i think for me the number one requirement or you know sort of initial step to go into the cannabis industry uh, is um really really immersive learning and research around cannabis because I think what you'll find, and I'm myself and the victim of this uh, sort of before joining cannabis, I had a lot of misconceptions about what the industry is, how it works, um, you know, um, uh, sort of benefits of, of cannabis, um, you know, kind of negative side effects of cannabis, etc. So I think in, for anyone really interested in this industry, it really is uh, critical to um, go through a very, very immersive research and learning journey in order to begin to understand and, and, and sort of conceptualize in your head how this industry is set up in other parts of the world and how it potentially could be set up here. Um, an example is just looking at the U.S. where um, cannabis uh, is, is legal um, in, um, in some shape or form in over 40 states, but each of those states are kind of like governed as a country. So they've got different regulations, different rules, different levels of legality, uh, and so forth. But um, deep diving and researching how those markets work um, can give you actually a lot of information that will then form the foundation of the mm. type of business you might want to go into. You know, so for example, America's created over 130,000 cannabis jobs since uh, various states have legalized. Um, but for, you know, for example, a significant amount of capital has gone into the technology um, uh, solutions around cannabis, whether that's delivery companies, whether that's um, compliance software, um, you know, significant uh, amount of investments and, and capital has gone into recruitment, recruitment services. Um, so cannabis is interesting in that um, al there's almost a sub-industry for cannabis, no matter actually where you are, whether that's beauty, mm. cosmetics, medicine, agriculture, um, logistics. Um, and so the um, knowledge that, uh, you know, certain businesses uh, might have in terms of what they currently do 
is very likely to have a, a, a cannabis overlay or angle where they can then couple that knowledge with the existing expertise or services uh, to really bring something novel and unique to the South African market. The big challenge with South Africa today is that we don't have a domestic market. So, you know, we can conceptualize about a whole lot of different uh, businesses that can be done, but until um, those businesses are legal and it's very clear in terms mm. of how to get a license or how sure, to qualify, sure. it's, it's a lot of theory. Um, but for with that being said, the theory has got a lot of yeah. value. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. My brother, <laughs> we're going to have to leave it there. It's yeah. unfortunate that we have run out of time, but uh, no real problem. pleasure checking in with uh, yourself and uh, certainly we'll make it a point to uh, check out some of the work that you do and I certainly hope this is not the last time we talk. Excellent. Thank you so much for having, having